Well, hello, God bless. Welcome back to another Bible teaching from the Ministry of a Love Outreach. My name is Dave Nelson. We are going to be taking a look today at the book of Acts once again, continuing on in our study of the book of Acts. And today we have come to Acts chapter 17. We're not going to cover the whole chapter. There's uh, a lot of good life application information in what we are going to read today out of Acts chapter 17, especially as it pertains to the times that we live in. Uh, one thing I want to remind you of here, uh, I say remind you, that is those of you that are familiar with the Bible, um, this scripture you will know. Those of you that are maybe new to the to the Bible or um, you know, just coming to the faith in the Lord, whatever. You may not um, know this scripture, but I want to remind you of, of a scripture here or bring to you a scripture here. And it's out of 2 uh, Timothy chapter 3 and verse 16. And it says that all scripture is given by inspiration of God. So let me just teach on that real quickly. Um, why do I do what I do? Why do we as Christians base our lives upon the Bible, what we call the Word of God? Why do we do that? Well, because we believe it is the Word of God, number one. And for me, and for many of you out there, I'm sure, the Word of God has impacted your life in such a way that it's changed your life. It's changed who you are as a living soul. And I'm going to expound on that throughout this teaching here and there, um, just being born again, the topic of being made new in Christ. You'll hear me talk about that more today. But we believe that this scripture, that these are holy men of God that wrote, like the Apostle Paul and Peter and James and John and all of them that we have in our New Testament, we believe that the word of, that the word of God is, the scriptures, I should say, are inspired by God. Okay, and that is why, you know, um, for me, for example, when I initially read the Word of God, initially got into it, started reading it, um, it was transforming me. It was changing who I was from the inside, on the inside, you know, and it still does. And I still have a lot of growing to do as it pertains to my walk in the Lord. So, but anyway, the scripture that I'm reading to you, um, 2 Timothy 3, 16, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable. And then, then it, here's the things that it's profitable for. For doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Now I'm pointing this out to you today as I get ready to go into today's teaching because today's teaching is going to be straight to the point truth as the word of God is, but it's going to be considered hard hitting in our day and age, the times that we live in. Um, we, we live in a time where, well, I'll get into that as we, as we go on here, but as we read the scripture, you know, why do why are we reading the scripture? Why are we even taking the time to do this? Why do people gather in churches where the Bible was read? And I have to specify that where the Bible was read. Um, why do people gather there around these scriptures if there's no profit in it? Well, there is profit, and the profit is doctrine. The profit is reproof. Think about that. Nobody wants that part, right? Nobody ever wants to be reproved. None of us like that, right? There's, there's something within us, and, and quite frankly, in many cases, it's, 
it's sin that is within us, pride, the sin of pride, where we don't we don't want something to reprove us or reprove us or or like uh, it also says here for correction it's profitable for correction right but when it comes to being corrected there's no greater place to be corrected there's no greater place to have reproof come upon you than from the word of god the inspired word of god Okay, and I, I encourage you to take this scripture, Second Timothy three sixteen, and meditate on it. Think about it. Um, it's inspired by God, the scriptures. Okay, and it also says it's it's profitable for instruction in righteousness. So when when you go through the Word of God, when we teach the scriptures, that's just going to happen. And there are going to be many of you out there that might come upon the audio of this teaching or the video, whichever the case is, however you've come upon it. And uh, you're going to hate what I say today. You're going to hate a lot of things that I talk about today. Um, Because, quite frankly, because maybe you hate righteousness. You love sin, right? Now, look, as the old saying goes, I've been there, done that, bought the t-shirt, right? So, there's, there's no pointing of fingers. There's no condemnation. God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world might be saved through him, okay? So Jesus is reaching out to you today, and if you're gonna take the time to listen, if you've, if you've hung with this this far and you're gonna keep going as I go through this teaching today, then uh, realize that the Lord is reaching out to you and he desi- desires for you to walk in righteousness. So the, the scriptures give us instruction instruction in righteousness, okay? Um, so all that being said, um, I want you to go ahead, and if you haven't done so already, open up your Bibles to the book of Acts and chapter 17. And uh, I'm just gonna jump into today's teaching but if you want if you want to go back and follow the whole context of the book of acts all of these teachings are available um, in various podcast platforms um, through youtube through you know soundcloud itunes amazon all of those places you can find uh, by searching for a love outreach and you can go back and listen to all of our past teachings on the book of Acts. But here we have in Acts chapter 17, we're following a story where Paul and Silas and Luke, they're all continuing on their missionary journey where they were spreading the gospel. They were going about and spreading the gospel, the good news of salvation in Jesus Christ, proclaiming who Jesus Christ is. This continues to be done in the world today. People are continuing to do that today. I'm one of them. I'm continuing to proclaim Jesus Christ, that he is the way, the truth, and the life, as we'll talk about today, that there's no other name given under heaven whereby someone can be saved. It's only through Jesus Christ. Now, I know right away, right there, again, that might trigger in some of you a hatred or an anger. Oh, that's not true. You know, my religion is this, my religion is that, and I believe this, and I believe that. Well, look, you have the right to believe whatever you want to believe. You have the right to do that, and I would not take that right away from you. But again, I am a person who has been born again through the Word of God, the power of the Word of God, so I do what I do, and I believe in the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I'm inviting you to, not to church, I'm inviting you not to my ministry, nothing. I'm inviting you to, to call out to Jesus yourself, begin to know who is this Jesus, what did he say, 
What did he proclaim? What is it that he teaches? What is it that the scriptures, the inspired word of God teaches for me and how I should live? I invite you to think on those things and start to seek the Lord in your life. So the the gospel continues to be spread. That's what Paul and Silas and his group here was doing. And then in verse one, it, it continues to direct us through their journey. And it says, now when they had passed through Amphipolis, I don't think I said that right, but Apollonia, they came to Thessalonica where there was a synagogue of the Jews. Then Paul, as his custom was, went into them and for three Sabbaths reasoned with them from the scriptures. So Paul, again, was continuing to try with all of his might to get the Jews, his fellow countrymen, to receive the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's what his desire was for them, that they would receive the gospel of Jesus Christ. And verse three tells us um, that he was explaining and demonstrating that the Christ had to suffer and rise again from the dead and saying, this Jesus whom I preach to you is the Christ. And some of them were persuaded, and a great multitude of the devout Greeks and not a few of the leading women joined Paul and Silas. So we see here again that a few Jews believed, but many Gentiles, including both men and women, believed that Jesus is the Messiah, the Christ, and that he was dead and that he rose from the dead. That's what Paul was preaching, okay? Paul says that he preached Christ and him crucified. That's how simple Paul kept it, right? And people were going to receive it or reject it. Same holds true today. People will receive it or reject that fact, right? Verse five, but the Jews who were not persuaded became becoming envious, took some of the evil men from the marketplace and gathering a mob set all the city in an uproar and attacked the house of Jason and sought to bring them out to the people. Now, notice there what these Jewish men who refused to believe in Jesus did here. This is very interesting, okay? And this is where we're going to get really life application with our day and age, okay? And notice what they did. They went into town and they found some of the evil men to start a riot, a ruckus, right? To start an uproar, okay? And it's amazing how when it comes to evil, and the ways of the way the devil works, the way evil works, it still operates today with the same old tactics in many ways. Remember the the riots that were up in Portland, Oregon, and such, and you know you had evil thugs who were normally up to no good hit the streets and begin to destroy things, tear things apart, right? And it wouldn't be surprising if they were financially rewarded to do what they did, just like we see here with these Jews going out and getting people. Hey, let's go get the bad guys to start some problems, okay? So even though what Paul and Silas and those with him were doing was a good thing, they were, they were reaching souls, reaching lost souls, helping people, right? It was a good thing that they were doing. It didn't matter. They just began to spread lies that it was bad, See, they were controlling the narrative at that time. 
these these men that were going out and causing these riots and getting people in an uproar, they were like the social media of that time. They were the, the, the network news of that time. They were going out and saying, hey, this, 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 and this, right? Telling lies to get people in an uproar. And we see that very same tactic going on today, right? And this sounds so familiar to what's taken place in the streets of the United States in many ways, right? The riots are carried out by, I'm going to use a word here, ignorant people, right? The ignorant people that don't, and when I say they're ignorant, I'm not saying they're ignorant to their core. I'm saying that they just don't know the truth behind the stories that they're getting because they're just hearing the narrative. They're being lied to. They're, they're not being told the truth, okay? And, and this, this always will present a problem in your life if you ignore the truth because you, if you just believe whatever comes down the line, whatever's on, posted on Twitter or Facebook or any of the social media platforms or whatever on the network news, I don't care which one you, you say, I'm not favoring one over the other. Um, you can't just believe that stuff. Investigate yourself, you know, and get, dig into something and say, what's the truth behind this? And we're going to talk about where we're going to find the truth more and more as we go on here. But again, this is just always the way of evil. Satan, the prince of darkness, suppresses the truth, and he keeps people ignorant or blinded to the light, right? To the light that is the truth. He keeps people blinded to that, and he wants to bind up your soul, okay? You know, and, and keep you from knowing the truth that will set you free, which is in Jesus Christ. And his ultimate goal, Satan, that is, is to keep people from that knowledge, Right, the truth of Jesus Christ, who is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Okay, but there are always those minions out there that are willing to do the dirty work. They're always lying in the shadows, waiting out there to do some dirty work, to do some type of evil, to do some type of wrong. It don't take much to get them stirred up. And again, all you got to do is control the narrative, tell the lies, get people to believe it. And they'll go out and do pretty much anything, right? And notice there in verse five, though, the reason, this is interesting here. Notice in verse five, the reason that they went out and, and hired or stirred up these evil men in the town. What, what was the reason? Do you see it there? It was because of envy. They were envious. And the Greek word for envious there in verse five is the word zuluo. Zuluo, right? And it means to boil over with anger and hatred. Think about it. Anytime someone going out and rioting, come on, think about what are they? They're, they're full of hatred. They're full of anger. They're willing to destroy things. They're willing to harm other people to get their way, to try and get what they want. And a lot of people, again, that are evil in their hearts are just going to go out and do that kind of stuff just because that's what they do and they don't even know the truth, right? They're just ignorant to it, right? But in this story here, the Jews didn't want Jesus to be the Christ. After all, they had put him to death. So they didn't want to believe that Jesus was the Christ, the Messiah, that he had risen from the dead. So in their hatred for what was being preached, for the truth that was being told, think about that, in their hatred for the truth that was being told, they went out and they gathered these thugs to do some dirty deeds for them. Again, nothing new under the sun. It still goes on today. Satan, uh, in his thirst for blood, 
his thirst for evil, often uses old, reliable tactics to get his way. Okay, nothing new under the sun. Remember, he comes, why did Satan come? Jesus said this, right? What was the reason that, that Satan comes or when he comes, what does he do? He comes to kill, to steal, and to destroy. So anytime you see stealing, you know, like looting and stuff like that in the streets, destruction, like setting things on fire, and then killing, like murders, murdering the innocent, you know, and the just, it's all Satan that is behind that. He comes to kill, to steal, and to destroy. And to the contrary, keep in mind that Jesus has come that we may have life and life more abundantly, right? So here's what you have to, to think about when you think about those two scriptures there, that Satan comes to kill, steal, and destroy, right? Um, and Jesus has come that we might have life and have life more abundantly. Someone that is following Jesus someone that is walking and truly walking in Jesus, they are a person who has that abundant life, has the spirit of the Lord within them, will have the fruit of the spirit within them, kindness, okay? So this is the true Christian. Again, I'm not talking about religious people. You may be listening to this and say, well, Christians are this, this, and this. And I'd agree with you in many cases. Many people that profess to be Christians are just religious hypocrites. They do not have the spirit of the Lord within them, and it's evident by their lack of fruit. They have no kindness, no goodness, no faithfulness, no gentleness, no self-control. Right? They just profess to be Christians. So I'm not talking about here, when I'm talking about Christians and I'm talking about Christianity, I'm talking about the born again people, right? And they are people that truly know that Jesus brings life and Jesus brings a new life to them and changes their heart, right? So for example, another topic of today, right? Pro-life, pro-choice, right? Why would I be pro-life. Well, because our Lord Jesus is. He's pro-life. He was all about life. He came, comes to give life and life more abundantly. He gives eternal life. He's all about life. And why are we anti, why would I be anti-death, which I hope you would be too, no matter who you are. Why would I be anti-stealing, which I hope you are too, anti-destruction? Because these are the things of Satan. These are the things of darkness. So these things are never right. Never right. Never right to go out and to steal, to kill, to destroy, to burn down buildings, to tear up property and things like that. You are led by Satan if you are doing that. The person that is led, the person that is led by Jesus has the spirit of the Lord within them and they're kind and they're gentle. That's, that's just the truth of the scriptures, okay? That's the truth of the Bible, right? So what do you support today? Do you support death or do you support life, right? In America, we have voting, right? And you can determine whether you're supporting life or death in the way that you vote, okay? So you can, you know, if, if you're pro-life, you're pro-life as it relates to the, you know, an unborn child, for example, right? Um, if you're pro-life in that sense, where well, you're gonna go out and you're gonna vote for people 
that are going to do that. Now, on the other hand, those same people that might be pro-life might be against other things that you stand that you stand for, that you are, you are for, right? So sometimes when you vote, it feels like you're just trying to choose the lesser of the two evils, just to use an expression here, right? But as a Christian, we are based upon what is good and life is good because that's what Jesus brings. That's what God gives us is life, right? So we're going to be pro-life as it relates to that, okay? And um, it's amazing. We can get into all the, I mean, I could, I could spend a lot of time talking to you about pro-life, pro-choice and all that kind of stuff. And, and, but anyway, I'm not gonna get into all of that today. Um, but again, we just need to figure out, are we, do we stand for truth? Or do we stand for lies? Satan is the father of lies. That's why it's so important that you realize what is truth and what is a lie. That you don't just take, oh, you know, I follow this celebrity and this celebrity says this. Well, that celebrity may be an ignorant idiot in, in, in his own mind, you know, and what he believes or what she believes. So be careful. Don't follow people. Follow Jesus, Okay. It's better to trust in the Lord. It's better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man, okay? So again, what you stand for though uh, indicates what's in your heart. It indicates who you are in your heart, okay? Now look, Jesus is not about politics, nor is he about religion. Neither one of those things is why Jesus came. He did not come to set up a government when they wanted to, to capture him to be king. Um, he, he didn't want nothing to do with it, okay? And he didn't want nothing to do with religion either. That's not why he came. Jesus is about you, your soul, you being born again, you receiving new life where old things pass away, as a result of your repentance, and I am a gospel preacher who preaches repentance. Repentance is the beginning. Why do I point that out? Because while there are many people that will profess to be Christians today that have not repented of their sin, they have not stopped doing what they've done because they've believed some false doctrine that they're okay if they don't, that they're okay if they continue in their sin. Okay, that's not in the scriptures. I'm not going off on that subject. But yeah, I do preach repentance first and foremost. But when you're born again, you become a new creation in Christ. All things become new. And what happens too is the blinders are lifted. Your, your eyes are open to the truth because the spirit of truth, which Jesus calls his Holy Spirit, now indwells you. And everything becomes clearly seen by you. And you begin to avoid certain things. And you begin to walk in good works. And it affects the way you live your life. It affects all of your decisions. Where you go, what you do, how you talk, all of that stuff. It gets affected because you've been made new by the Spirit of the Lord within you. What happens is, is you come out of darkness and into light. You can uh, look up 1 Peter 2, 9, right? That's what Jesus does. He's called us out of darkness. He's transformed us into the light. He's opened our eyes to that which is evil and to that which is good, okay? And we know by His Spirit within us, we can avoid what is evil. 
we can be led by the Spirit. Okay? The dirty deeds are done away with in our lives. And so is our support for them. We don't support them in any way, shape, or form. But that's what we see in verse 5 there, right? We see lies being spread. People being filled with hatred and envy and then doing dirty deeds as a result of their hatred and their envy. So after they attacked the house of Jason, looking for the apostles, verse 6 says, but when they did not find them, they dragged Jason and some brethren to the rulers of the city crying out these who have oh or excuse me these who have turned the world upside down have come here too now this has always been such an intriguing verse of scripture to me personally right these evil men and their minions who again don't don't forget right they are led by lies that's why they're out doing what they're doing. And of course, we know that the fa- they're led by the father of lies, Satan, right? And they're out claiming that these men that are spreading the word of God and doing good, you know, like pe- people like Paul, that they were, they were turning the world upside down. That's their complaint. You're upsetting our apple cart, right? And, and, and in a sense, I would totally agree with the fact that they were turning the world upside down, but that's what they should have been doing because the world, when it is right side up in its own eyes, when the world is right side up in its own eyes, when I say the world, I'm talking about this system that is led by the God of this age, Satan, the little g God of this age, right? I'm talking about that world, right? And when the world is right side up in its own eyes, right, it's, it's led by Satan. It's led by evil. But the gospel, right, the truth will cause people to be born again and then will turn the world upside down, you know, like somebody like me, right, who's a born-again Christian, people might say, oh, he became, I remember when, when I did become a born-again Christian, when I came to Christ, when I was born again of the Spirit, you know, I remember people saying, oh, you know, my old friends and stuff, hearing word that they said, oh, he, he got religion, oh, he's, you know, he's one of those Bible thumpers, you know, oh, even, oh, he's in a cult, you know, and all, all of these things that, you know, old friends and family members could think about you because you, you, you become born again and everything gets turned around, right? And you get, you get, you become right side up in the eyes of God. You were upside down before in the eyes of God. You see, what is upside down in the eyes of the world is right side up in the eyes of God. And what is right side up in the eyes of God is upside down to the eyes of the world, right? Because they're contrary to one another because people are not born again of the spirit. They're not going to know the truth, right? You see, the world system is a system of sin and destruction of the soul. So people love to fight for their right to sin, For example, we know what causes a woman, going back to this topic, right? We know what causes a woman to get pregnant, right? We know how that happens. And when a woman and a man express their right to to sin, they commit what the Bible calls fornication. That is, they have sex outside of marriage, okay? So God designed this to be between a husband and a wife. That's what that is for, 
so then the husband becomes a father and the wife becomes a mother and then the two of them begin to train up their children so that they're not out running the streets like these thugs are, right? Out there doing these things, right? We have a mother and a father. This is a beautiful design by God and designed to be for the marriage. But people want to express their right to sin. And when they just want to sin, they just want to fornicate, fornicate they, they, don't, they end up not wanting in many cases, in some cases anyway, they, they end up not wanting the baby that is produced by their fornication, by their sin. So they then want to destroy that seed that is within the womb of the woman. Okay? Now you can't call the woman a mother who wants to kill the baby. So I just call her a woman, right? because she'd become a mother if she births the baby, right? But they want, so as a result of their sin, they want to destroy that seed, right? And this they call their choice. And, and no doubt, destruction is a choice. Anytime you want to destroy something, that's your choice to do that. But again, who, who's behind destruction? Satan, okay? So you, they, you know, abortion will destroy that within the womb that has the potential to be born on the earth and live out a life, no matter how you slice it. No matter whether you want to believe that's a baby or not, it is the, it is the start of a life. And you want to snuff out that life when you commit an abortion, okay? Now, this is a much bigger topic than I'm going to touch on today. And I want, I want to talk to you you know, that, that may be in that position. Um, you know, you've made that choice to commit fornication. You've made that choice. You know, the, the, the way to stop, you know the way to stop being pregnant, right? Is to abstain from sex, right? You, you can stop, and of course, and we know there's birth control today, but birth control, you know, um, things like that are not what, God chooses. God, God's design again, this is the simplicity of it, God's design again is for you to be one man, one woman, married, producing children, training up them children. That's God's design. That's what we have in the Bible. And again, I would be pro-life because I stand for what the scriptures teach and what God wants, that, that, that good life that God designs for us. Okay? And you know, look, you know in your heart, everybody knows in their heart that it's good to be married. It's good to have a husband. It's good to have a wife. It's good to have children. It's good to raise those children. It's good to have a good family life. I mean, most people desire that. Most people desire that type of thing. Now, again, such a big topic, you know, it's almost like the old saying, you're opening up a can of worms. I could spend hours. There's so many, there's reasons people can't have children. There's reasons people do get pregnant, like rape and stuff like that. All of that stuff that, that should be dealt with. But here's the thing, no matter what you've done in your life, in your past, no matter what the sin is, God is reaching out to you in love. God is not reaching out to you in condemnation. So if you hear condemnation in what I'm saying, you're wrong. 
And I would be wrong if I'd be condemning you. Because look, God sent his son into the world not to condemn the world. So Jesus didn't come to condemn you. God sent his son, God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, is what the scripture says. John 3, 17, but that the world through him might be saved. He wants to save you. He wants to rescue you. He wants to take you out of this life of lies and destruction where Satan is stealing from your soul, stealing your joy. He wants to take that bitterness out of you, that hatred out of you. And there may be many reasons that in your life that have brought you to a place where there is hatred in your life because of maybe the way life has, treating you, has treated you, maybe the ways you have been raised up, the things you have been taught or the things you weren't taught. But God wants to be your heavenly father. So much so, he wants you to be his son. He wants you to be his daughter. So much so that he gave his only begotten son so that you could have everlasting life, so that you could have this new life, this abundant life that's in Jesus Christ, okay? So again, don't, don't, don't look at what I'm saying as condemnation because you really don't know my heart in that because I really do feel for those of you that find yourself in a position of, in life where you feel lost within your soul or you think that gratification, you know, for you is to commit sin and, and live in sin, you know, and, and the pleasure of sin. And there is pleasure in sin. And again, I've been there, done that, bought the t-shirt, as they say, right? But we've got to choose life. And that's what Jesus offers. Um, so the upside down world, right? As the world sees it would be the world that's full of truth and life. That would be upside down to the world, right? The, the, you know, that which is good. And by the way, when we talk about truth and we talk about life, we know that Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. That's what he said. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Either he is a liar or that is 100% true. I have found it to be 100% true that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and that apart from him, I can do nothing, and that I am a wretched man in and of this own flesh of mine, but I have found that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and he doesn't want to turn your world upside down. That's how you're already living without him, if you're not walking in him, right? But instead, he wants to turn your world right side up. Okay, now haters hate life. Those that are full of hate, hate life, right? Maybe they even hate their own life, but they hate life. They hate that which is good, that which is a, like abundant life that God gives. And lovers of God love life. And they love that abundant life that is found in Jesus Christ. And, and again, Jesus is who Paul preached and it's who I am preaching to you today. And you need to come to Jesus and you need to find the way. You need to find the truth. You need to find that abundant life that he has for you. But the choice to do so is yours. Are you willing to let go of your right to choose sin? You do have the right to choose sin. But are you willing to let that go? 
And are you, are you willing to come to your right to have life eternal? And that which is good in the sight of God. If so, you can do so today. If not, then don't hate me for trying to tell you something good like we see here in these verses today. They hated what these men were doing that was good. So they went out and they tried to destroy it, but they were led by Satan, obviously, in doing it, right? But don't hate me for telling you something good because I truly believe that both death and life are your choice. I truly believe that. I would never take away your choice. God doesn't take away your choice. You have the right to choose whatever you want. You have the right to choose the life that you want to live here on this earth. But you have the right also to not choose an abundant life that's in Jesus Christ. Peace and joy in the Holy Ghost, the Spirit of the Lord that's within you. There's peace and joy. If you want to remain in sin and you want to be the Lord of your own life, who am I to tell you any different? It would be ridiculous for me to tell you that you have to do this or you have to do that. That wouldn't be right. But I'm just simply bringing to you the message of the gospel today. You can be free in Christ, free indeed, set free. A whole new life awaits you through repentance and faith in Jesus. But indeed, it is your choice. We will stop here for today. And the next time we take a look at the book of Acts, we'll just continue on from that point in the book of Acts. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. As I always say, if there's anything we can pray for you about or any way we can help you, feel free to reach out to me directly via email. That is dave at a loveoutreach.com. Um, Again, you can find us on Facebook, and which I always say this, but I don't do much on Facebook at all, uh, but a love outreach on Instagram or on YouTube. But we'd love to hear from you if there's any way we can pray for you or help you. But God bless. You have a wonderful rest of your day. It is the 4th of July weekend um, here in the United States of America anyway. And I pray that you have a, a good weekend. And... Uh, praying you come to Jesus. God bless.